Welcome to the House of M. This is the companion piece to the tyrannical CEOs. In this episode, I'll be talking about another Silicon Valley myth, which is basically the assumption that young, bright minds make the best CEOs for high-growth, disruptive businesses. You think about Bill Gates, you think about Steve Jobs, Larry Page, Sergey Brin, Mark Zuckerberg, Snapchat guy, I forget what his name is. You think about all of these people and you think about young, brilliant genius who has become world-renowned, has had huge global success, and it makes a lot of people think that, you know what, teenagers and people in their 20s are the best entrepreneurs, most likely to become billionaires within their lifetime. And I say wrong. Yeah, it looks like another stormy day. Please come in. Welcome to the House of M. We're going to be in the boardroom for this episode. Please, right through here. struggled for a minute with finding something to do on my own and what was I gonna do? I knew I was passionate about makeup but I didn't know I could have fun every day doing my job. I'm Kylie Jenner and I am the founder of Kylie Cosmetics. I had an insecurity with my lips when I was younger so I turned to makeup to help me feel more confident. I went to the makeup store and I just like I didn't even know really what colors I was picking. I was just like, I want some lip liner that looks like the color of my lips because I just want my lips to look fuller. But I could never find a lip liner and a lipstick that matched or even the right color that was perfect for me. So that's where the lip kit started. I was so focused on like formula and color, but everything else just kind of fell into place. I put so much love into everything that I make and I make sure everything is perfect and something I would personally use. So then when I see my fans have it and they love it and their reaction, that's what's the most exciting to me. Starting a company on my own and it being so big from the beginning, there's not a lot of room for mistakes. Every company has mistakes. They learn from them and they change them, but it's probably owning up to those from the beginning and just being honest and changing them in front of everybody. I'm the face to my brand and I take responsibility for everything that happens. I haven't learned everything from my mom yet that I know that I need to. She teaches me something new every day about everything. She's my goals and I'm just, each day I'm like trying to take it all in. She's definitely been a huge part of the success of Kylie Cosmetics. If I could give some advice, it's do something that you love. If you're building something from the ground up, like do something that you're passionate about. So you just have fun every day and you love what you do. So I remember a time when magazines like Time and Forbes were the pinnacle of financial and business journalism. They had really good journalists, they told really great stories, and they made sure 
that they didn't get anything wrong in terms of definitions. They didn't imply the wrong things. But gone are those days. Time is almost irredeemable now. And Forbes is slowly getting there. I laughed when I saw the cover issue with Kylie Jenner. And they were talking about how she's almost a billionaire. And I found it interesting that they were pushing the story. And before I get into the story, I understand why they did the story. Because we need to be talking about stories of young women doing interesting and inspiring things in business. And in many ways, her story is inspiring. In many ways, she did create a business that is really minimalistic, but at the same time, really profitable. And that's and that's great. But there's a lot of stuff which is in the article, which goes to bad journalism. And it's almost bordering on fake news, in my opinion. So from a definitions point of view, Kylie isn't the CEO, for example. Her mother is more like the CEO. And she's more like a brand person or a salesperson in her brand, in her business. But they make it seem as though she's the CEO and she's the face of these new, bold, young CEO women who are going to take over the world. And yeah, all power to them if they are going to do it. But don't say that that's what it is if it's not what it is. And in this case, it's not what it is. And then aside from that, there are parts in the story where in small print, in very small print, where they say that they cannot independently verify the numbers being spoken about. So basically, they took Chris and Kylie's word for it, that they're making hundreds of millions with their LipKit brand. And I'm thinking, this is Forbes magazine. And again, I understand why the editor wanted that story, that there's this 19-year-old, I think she's 19 or 20 or something like that, 19-year-old, almost billionaire Kylie, and she shows us that young people can do anything that they want, and they can all become billionaires, just like the music videos tell us. And that is just not the case. But I guess the alternative, which is the reality, isn't so sexy. It's not so sexy for Forbes to be telling the same story it's been telling for decades, that there's the guy who spent 30 years in industry, working really hard, earning his stripes, and then he spent 10 years building this startup, and then now he's made his first billion. That's not a sexy story. It's not going to get clicks. And I understand why new Forbes didn't run that story, and they rather went with this myth. But sadly, like I said, it is just not the reality. Even in the bizarre world of Silicon Valley, there just aren't that many billionaire CEOs. It just doesn't happen. And broadly speaking, the bulk of businesses that people start aren't even tech businesses anyway. They're not even sexy businesses. They're like catering companies, they're bookshops, they're restaurants, they're cleaning business. And overwhelmingly, those businesses are started by people in their late 30s, 40s, 50s, and older. People who've got experience, people who've been working in these industries, people who understand these industries, people who've got relationships in these industries, people who have savings, who've got assets that they can leverage to get mortgage, people who've got credit, credit ratings, who've got networks, all of that stuff. But again, not sexy to talk about that. You know, people want to talk about this tech CEO, young CEO, who starts with this crazy idea, and they end up having this massive IPO, and they become a billionaire. Well, there's some researchers at MIT who looked into that, and they had definitive proof that 
that's just not the case. Sure, you have people like Zuckerberg who dropped out of, of Harvard and he's a billionaire right now of a really successful company. But the research shows that on average, the age of a tech startup CEO is around 42. And it's pulled down actually by the fact that certain software industries such as social networks have a really low average age around 40 or so but in terms of the technology businesses which are going to be really really big in future so we're talking about biotechnology we're talking about energy those startup ceos are closer to 50. i remember working with big oil there were often times where the recruitment of the new graduates were coming in and some of these people would be master's degree holders in like petroleum engineering or like phd people you know scientific fields and people would be so frustrated that these people are coming on and they know nothing, even though they're masters and PhD students of really highly technical fields. And they know less than someone who's got a high school diploma, but has 10 years experience working in a refinery or working at a depot or working at, on, on an oil rig. And it's because there is a big, big barrier to entry to really complex technological industries. And that barrier is experience. You can't read your way through brain surgery. You just have to open a certain number of brains for you to start to get it. You can't read your way to delivering trillions of barrels of oil. You just have to deliver them. You can't read your way to feeding the hungry in the world. You just have to be in the developing world feeding those people. So sure, you can create a popular brand like Kylie did. You can sell lots of units, but the more interesting story would be the person who came up with the compounds that are in those lip kits that Kylie is selling, or the person who came up with the delivery system where when you buy those lip kits from Kylie, they end up coming to your house within 24 hours. The person who figured out how exactly you can package them and ship them all in that time. Those are the interesting stories. And those are actually the tech CEOs who are making lots of money and who are creating big sustainable businesses. But <laughs> those aren't sexy stories. They want to talk about people who are doing the impossible. But even people who are historically known to do the impossible, they're, they're struggling if they're just using smarts. Just ask someone like Elon Musk. Ask him how hard it is to deliver cars. That Model 3 doesn't have that many back orders compared to other vehicles that, that come out year in and year out. But for all his alleged influence and intelligence, he is struggling to get a production line to work. A simple production line. His words, simple production line. He can't get it to work to deliver a few hundred, not even a few hundred. Like It's like tens of thousands of cars that he needs to be outputting a month. And he can't do it because they're just no smarts that can figure out the experience required for you to get the process right. Now, sure, there's going to be people who are going to say, you know what, fine. There is this thing about averages and the bulk of people are older. But sure, they're outliers, right? That's what people are going to say. They're outliers. You know, Steve Jobs, Mark Zuckerberg. And yeah, sure, they are, are outliers. And Mark Zuckerberg is definitely one of those. 
someone like Bill Gates, also quite, uh, quite an outlier. But for the bulk of people, they might have started businesses when they were young. You look at someone like Steve Jobs, it was in his 20s. He managed to be the youngest CEO to IPO during that time. And he was really wealthy. But Apple never made lots of money. Well, at least not off desktops and laptops and whatever. Even in the 2000s, no one was buying MacBooks as much as you think that lots of people bought MacBooks because you saw all these university students and designers carrying MacBooks. Like there are probably more laptops sold by Acer in a month than Apple ever sold of its MacBooks in like a five-year period. People just never bought those products. It just was a sexy product to have. And it was something that was usually visible because of that Apple logo and all of that. But it wasn't what made Steve Jobs lots of money. What made Steve Jobs lots of money, the first big thing that made him money was iTunes. And he did that in his late 40s. And then the iPhone, that was in his 50s. The iPad, again, in his 50s. So yeah, sure, he might have started the business in his 20s, but he only became a truly successful CEO in his late 40s. You look at Sergey Brin and Larry Page, the guys who started Google, they were in the early 20s when they came up with that idea, got incorporated as a business, but very quickly they appointed Eric Schmidt, who was a seasoned CEO, super mature guy, I think he was in his 50s or 60s, when they brought him on and he turned Google into a powerful strong company, did all that AdWords model and all of that. That was him. And it was only in their late 30s that they started to take on leadership roles in that business. You look at someone like Jeff Bezos, the Amazon CEO. It was only in his 40s when he started to make lots of money. Yeah, sure, he had a great idea about selling books online through Amazon. And yeah, sure, it was successful, but he only became the titan of business in his 40s. So sure, yeah, there are lots of people who start their businesses early, but those businesses only become super titan level organizations when those people have earned their stripes. It's an experience game. It's not an, an ideas game. So why does the myth persist? Why do people worldwide, not just in the Valley, think that young people have all these crazy profitable ideas. Like where exactly does that come from? I think that it's a historic thing. There's always people who are older, who are smart enough to, to milk the youth and the hubris of youth for, for profit. You just have to look at the music industry to see that play out in its most public form. You're always told that there's this next pop star who's going to be the new whoever, and basically what happens is that these old execs will make sure that their influence gets this young star into the studio with the best producers. They get them the best managers. They take them around the world to all the big shows. If that person needs plastic surgery, they make sure that they find the best plastic surgeon to make them look the way that they need to look. They get the best designers to get them to look as awesome as they need to be. They put them on TV. They make sure that their songs are played all the time. They put them on award shows. They make sure that you love this person and that you truly believe in their moment in the sun that they are the next big thing. And they become the trend. And then you forgot about the one you used to listen to yesterday. But then when that person, the current person, gets lost in sex, drugs, and alcohol, they simply move on to the next person. And they're the next whoever. But that person is left to deal with rehab. And if they're lucky, reality shows. But then the music execs, 
they live off the money of royalties and licensing rights and image rights and all of that stuff. Now in the tech space, it's exactly the same thing. The venture capitalists and other investors do exactly the same thing. They find all these young, bright minds from all these top universities all over the world. In America, it's you know your Ivy League colleges, whether it's Harvard or Stanford or Berkeley or any of these um, colleges. I don't think Berkeley is Ivy League, but still, it's a top. It's a top university, and they give them this money to fund these ideas even though they know that the bulk of these ideas are going to flop. But they know that if they're investing in a category, so let's say they're looking at, at um, image recognition, they'll invest in like 10 startups, and they know that even if all 10 flop, they still own a lot of the intellectual property rights on that. They own patents, and they're pushing forward the category. And at some point, someone is going to come along and they will be able to make money off those patents, even if the business flops. So whether that young gun wins or not, it doesn't really matter because VC money is super patient money. At the end of the day, intellectual property from a flopped business five years ago could end up getting bought by a company like Facebook or Microsoft tomorrow for a hell of a lot of money. And that VC is going to make a hell of a lot of money. Whereas that startup CEO who flopped and got kicked out and got his or, his or her IP taken from them, they've got nothing. So even if there's failure for these young CEOs who are being driven by this dream to become like Zuckerberg, the VCs are in for the ride and they're going to win no matter what. So whether you end up being Zuckerberg and actually winning, they're going to profit. Or if you completely flop, they're going to take your IP and they're going to make money off it. And another thing that happens with young CEOs is that they just don't have the experience to have really good deals. And you see that a lot in music, but it's never spoken about a lot in the technology space or in the business space. I'm pretty sure as rich as Zuckerberg is, if he was older, he would have negotiated a better deal with Peter Thiel and he would be even more of a billionaire. But the VCs and the investors generally don't want these young rock stars to be negotiating big deals. They want them to be taking 10 cents off every $10 made. That's really what they want them to do. And most of them are just happy to be told, you just got an investment from these guys and these guys, and you're going to be the next this and the next that. And they ride that wave. And yeah, sometimes it works out for them. You know, just look at what's going on with Anchor now. They've been riding this wave for how long? And it's, it's going well for them. But whether they win or lose, the VCs who are invested in them are going to profit at the end of the day, whether it's this year or it's 10 years down the line. And they don't really think about the young CEOs that they're encouraging to do all this stuff. And sadly, with young CEOs in tech, there isn't the safety net of reality shows. They aren't like the music people where you know they're going to pop up in a reality show or a rehab show or Big Brother or something like that. They just don't have that. But perhaps that's a business I could look into when I get into my 40s. Hmm. No, seriously, I loved it too. It was really great having you here. Great energy, great focus. And maybe next time you get to see another room in the house of M. Anyway, bye now. Seriously.